But the thing you have to keep in mind before you give up is that if you give up, the guarantee is it will never happen. You push through it and you'll make it through the day. No matter how bad things get, life is beautiful and things will always be better. Scared? Alone? Unsure of what's to come? This podcast is for our brothers and sisters who struggle with homelessness. Join us on this journey to improve our mental health, to challenge what's possible, to become who we are. Let's ignite hope one spark at a time and set our dreams on fire. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to the Street Strong Podcast. Your host, Tommy here. Always so happy uh, for you tuning in. We have broken new ground. We are now in Australia, which is so exciting. We have listeners in Australia now. What an exciting time. You know, the goal here is that uh, we build a community. We build a community of people uh, of all stripes, of all backgrounds, who really want to tackle homelessness. And we're going to do that by spreading awareness, by connecting the dots, by instilling hope, and by really you know, motivating each other as a community to figure out best practices. And, you know, maybe there's a homeless shelter in Ireland that's doing something really special right now. And and, and a homeless shelter in Cleveland, Ohio, might be able to, to learn something from that. So, you know, my whole life, I've been a big believer that if we connect the dots, um, we're unstoppable, right? That, that really all of our problems, all of our issues, all of the things we want to improve in our lives are a matter of connecting the dots. And we can do that, but we need people. We need a community to do that. We cannot do that on our own. It's impossible to do that one by one. We were not meant to do that one by one. So I am, again, so grateful that you're here. Today, we have a really exciting podcast. uh, And that podcast episode is called How Churches Can Solve Homelessness. Again, How Churches Can Solve homelessness. Um, We're going to do a pretty deep dive today um, to first kind of understand the historical scope of churches and homelessness. Um, How have churches played a role in the homeless community? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the number of churches across the United States. We're going to talk about church capacity and and challenges or opportunities that involve um, empowering folks who are struggling with homelessness Uh, from the church's perspective. We're going to talk about funding and support, community integration. Um, We're going to talk about specific ways that churches could actually adapt and end homelessness. Now, first of all, before we even begin, I want to acknowledge straight up, real talk, that there is no substitute. I want to make this so clear. There is no substitute to a society that loves their neighbors, that gets this right the first time, a society that is equal and just and creates opportunities so that homelessness is not even as prevalent of a thing as it is today. Ideally, we want homelessness to be zero, right? So there's no, there's no substitute for um, the kind of justice we need to make sure that everybody has a home, everybody has an opportunity um, to, to have those basic rights uh, to sustain life, and to grow and, and, and to build and be safe. That's another conversation. That's another story. We got to make do with what we have. 
And so that's what today's episode is about. It's about a radical new concept, a radical question. Can churches solve homelessness? And I believe they can. I believe they can. And here's, so before before we go into the specifics of that, let's talk about a little bit about what they do, what churches have done over the years when it comes to homelessness. So first things first, we all know that churches are some of the major players, if not the main player out there in combating homelessness. I remember as a young volunteer, uh, every Thanksgiving, I'd go to a church in Illinois with my friends and their family, and we'd, we'd serve food. We'd talk to the homeless community, and we'd talk to them just, they're people just like us. We're, we're all people. We're all brothers and sisters together. Uh, I've said in previous podcasts, I'll say it again, you know, really, there's no such thing as homelessness because we all live on earth together, right? It sounds cheesy. It sounds sappy, but we all really sit on this big spinning rock. If you zoom out um, millions of miles, we're just a rock and we all live on that rock. None of us are actually homeless. It's more of a, of a, an abstract idea. But of course, of course, if you're homeless and you're cold and you're, uh, under constant threat, um, you know, of course, it's a real thing, and we darn well better better tackle it too. Uh, but you get what I mean, I think. I think you get what I mean. So churches have been instrumental, totally instrumental, in in helping folks who are who are struggling with homelessness. Um, they've done food drives. They've provided, um, you know, temporary shelter. Uh, they've done clothing drives. Um, they've done outreach and, and distribution programs and, and, and connected uh, homeless folks to, to critical resources in the community. Churches have been pivotal in this. And what I think is so, uh, so interesting is I came across a study, um, and this study was initiated by uh, the FCEH, the Faith Collaborative to End Homelessness, um, Los Angeles County's homeless initiative was involved in this and and together they wanted to figure out uh, what faith-based organizations are doing out there in los angeles how are they providing support uh, on a daily basis and it's really striking uh, when when you look at it and it's it's just very interesting to see specifically what churches are doing out there 70 percent of those faith-based organizations um, gave out tangible goods, donations, meals, groceries. That's 70%. That's a huge number of faith-based organizations, also known as FBOs. I might refer to them as FBOs. It's a little bit easier on the tongue. Faith-based organizations or FBOs, 69% donated tangible goods, meals, groceries to folks struggling with homelessness. That's very impressive. God bless them for doing that. That's incredible. 16% provided access to showers or restrooms. 14% provided housing or shelter. We're going to get back to that in a moment, but 14% provided housing or shelter. 3.9% um, hosted a winter shelter program. I'd love to hear more about that. I'm not too familiar. I would suspect it involves sheltering people during the winter in more of a seasonal housing uh, program. And then 1.9% offered their sites for safe parking. Now, Again, that's a brief snapshot. That tells us what LA is doing. It's actually very difficult to figure out what all churches are doing across the nation or across countries uh, because there's so many organizations involved, right? There's NGOs, um, there's, there's state and local governments. There's all kinds of moving pieces here. And I don't want to bore anybody to death today, 
but but you can appreciate the fact that there's so many good people out there in so many different forms that are trying to figure this out. And, and it, it is kind of a patchwork. It is kind of fragmented and crazy, but at the same time, it's pretty darn good. Um, and people are getting help. Uh, but I wanted to really highlight that specifically that, you know, most of these faith FBOs are, are handing things out that are so important, uh, goods, meals, groceries, donations. I can't tell you how how far that goes uh, for my friends on Skid Row, how much that means to them to get those things. But you'll notice 14.6% uh, provide housing or shelter. I think that's absolutely phenomenal. But if we do the math, we can see that churches could actually end homelessness, mathematically at least shelter every single homeless person in the entire country. Now, of course, I recognize that some folks for, for various reasons, um, various legitimate reasons, uh, may not want shelter, and that's their preference, and that makes sense. It makes sense to them. You know, we can't judge them for not wanting shelter. A lot of my friends on Skid Row have been traumatized. They've been assaulted. They've been hurt. It's very difficult to uh, trust shelter and to be in the company of other people when you've been through that kind of trauma. That's where mental illness and mental health play such a vital role in this, because a lot of that... Um, is, is very difficult to access. It's very difficult to access help when you feel um, traumatized or, or afraid or hypervigilant and you have good reason to be because you've been beaten, um, you've been assaulted physically, emotionally, sexually, things have been stolen from you, right? That, that happens all the time in homeless communities. Um, my friends on Skid Row will tell me that all the time. So again, now there are 350 thousand churches across the United States. I was not able to do a deep dive on every country out there. If you're listening to this, please email me at streetstrongpodcast um, at gmail.com. Again, that's streetstrongpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how many churches you have. Um, I'm, I'd be very interested to find out kind of what your church uh, apparatus looks like in your state. But let's get back to this. 350,000 churches across the United States, okay? In April of 2023, there were approximately 580,000 people who were homeless in the United States on any given night. So my math is not perfect, but it's about one and a half. If every church housed about one and a half people, and there's no such thing as really a half person, but you get my point. If each church housed about two people, for sure, we could end homelessness overnight, okay? People would have a physical shelter to call their home. Um, we're going to get into the logistics of, of what that looks like because of, of clearly it's not that simple. But at least we know that if every church took in just two people, two people, uh, everyone would at least have shelter that wanted it in this country. Okay? That's pretty amazing. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty inspiring. Um, we can work with that. We can work with that. And um, now, now, we talked about logistical issues, right? Um, you know, there are going to be some churches who are unable to do this, um, whether it be for costs or organization, a lack of volunteers, um, zoning regulations. There's going to be issues with this. It's not going to be possible for every single church, okay? But if, all, if, if, if churches just tried to house 10 individuals, right, 10 individuals, um, you would need a lot less churches. Now, again, I never really did that well in algebra or calculus, or I'm barely good at adding 28 plus 59, whatever that is. But 
if the more people we can house safely, the less churches are needed. So this calculation is not some kind of radical question uh, or, or assumption that if every church can do this and overnight we can end homelessness. Not quite. It's a balancing act. But if we can get more churches to focus on this, mathematically, it is an exciting concept. It really is. Now, I estimated, I did some deep dives, I did some research, I estimated that each church, it would require about $500 per person for that church. $500 per person to house that, to house that individual um, with a reasonable amount of safety, security, and comfort, okay? 500, that can fluctuate depending on where you live. You might say that's radical and insane. You could do it for much cheaper. You might say that's radical and insane. It would cost way more than that. And you could be right. You could be right. You could be right. I totally understand that. Um, for each church, $5,000 could house 10 people. So this is, these are general budgets. General budgets, it totally depends on the culture of that church, the logistical concerns, um, the amount of money or, or donations that come into the church. It definitely depends. But these are rough, rough estimates for us to love thy neighbors, right? To go out there and to, and to at least give a physical space to a lot of these folks. Now, this is going to be a bit of a, a challenge because of zoning laws. Now, I don't have a degree in zoning laws. And for those of you who are a little confused about what the heck zoning laws are, in a nutshell, zoning laws are laws in cities or states or counties that basically sit, tell uh, tell those areas you either can or cannot do this with your property. And it really depends. And it's not that uniform. And we don't always know. So I would just urge all of you to know your zoning laws. Ask the questions. If you're a shelter, go out there. If you're a community organizer, ask these questions. Ask, ask these churches, local, local uh, city councils, state governments, NGOs. Ask questions. Huddle together. This is why community is so important. We've got to bring communities together and figure out, are we even able to repurpose this church as a shelter at nighttime or seasonally? What does that look like? What do we have to do? What kind of permission do we have to ask for to make that happen? Um, those are all things that we can do by asking questions. Um, there could be resistance on a community level for various reasons about that. Um, and we need to talk about that, right? So, so there are some logistical and legal issues involved. Um, that, we, that we'd have to know. Remember, there's also potential funding. If you're out there and you don't have a lot of donations coming in as a church, there's NGOs, non-governmental organizations and partnerships. There's community fundraisers. There's grants. There's, there's ways to actually even crowdsource this and make it happen to, at, to get that church the resources it would need to allow an X number of individuals in that home, in, in, that, in that church, uh, you know, each, each evening or each day, depending on, on how that works. Um, now, of course, this is not just about shelter, right? This is about so much more than shelter. This is about, you know, our, th the vision for this would be, you know, expanding what that church can do, really service-oriented church um, that lives the teachings of Jesus Christ. So we're talking about job training and counseling, mental health services. Right now, churches across the country, they often are, are the uh, are places where you get blood pressure screenings and, 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 and checkups. And, and there's a lot of community out there, community outreach out there for, for, um, primary care in churches. So 
we could also do this and and convert areas of a church uh, to do mental health screenings and and risk screenings and so so the, the 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 possibility here you can feel it you can you can feel it in your fingertips it's wonderful it's possible it's beautiful and and I can't do it alone I'm just one man with a microphone here I need the community out there to email me at streetstrongpodcast at gmail.com. Again, streetstrongpodcast at gmail.com. And let me know what are some opportunities here. What are some what are some limitations here? Although I've I've always asked, if you come at me with a limitation, I've always asked, you've got to come at me with an opportunity or a solution to fix it, right? Because we've got to fix this. This is no longer optional. This is a major problem. Homelessness is a major problem, right? People out there without a home, they are dying sometimes 20, 30 years earlier than average the average population. It's, it's a critical public health issue, um, addictions, mental health issues, lost time. We've got to roll up our sleeves and communicate as a community together. So, so, so here we are, right? We're talking about the vision for these churches. We're talking about job training, counseling, um, really using it as a hub to launch folks struggling with homelessness into way brighter horizons, right? We, we want this to be maybe just, a, just a, a force of stability and a force of strength, right? If you have a place that you can go to at the end of the night and be warm and be safe, you can go there and have a locker or a privacy partition. You can have a hot meal um, you know, and that can be, you know, a mailing address, a source of stability to get everything else in order slowly but surely and have social workers and counselors and, 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 and medical professionals go in there and, and help folks who are staying in that church so that they can, they can help them become um, self-reliant and, and back to how they used to be, right? Because so many of, of our friends on Skid Row, they weren't homeless. They, they're just, and this is why I always say they're just like you and me. There's no difference except for the fact that they fell on hard times and any one of us can fall on hard times. It happens all the time, um, happens all the time. So, so what does this look like, right? What does this look like? Loving thy neighbor, opening up churches, one or two church, one or two people per church. Um, the more the merrier, if it's possible, what does this look like specifically? How do we make this happen? Well, the cost, and these are these are rough, crude estimates of costs. Okay, please don't chase me down in an alley out of out of out of anger for any of this. I mean well. I promise. I like throwing ideas to the world, and then you all can kind of mold them together and make them work, and make them make more sense, and fill in the gaps, and let me know um, what else we need to do. But sleeping areas, cots cost about fifty to one hundred dollars for a cot. A privacy partition, about fifty to one hundred dollars. Storage, there's many different kinds of storage lockers out there, storage cabinets, storage files, $20 to $40. Okay, we're talking pretty small budget items that could be raised um, every Sunday for, for these particular folks. Portable showers, 100 to 300 monthly rental, uh, two, 1,000 to 2,000 for a purchase. Portable toilets, $50 to $150 for a monthly rental. Again, we don't have to buy these outright. That would be more expensive. We can rent them out. And again, that's going to look very different to each of you, depending on what community you're in, to figure that out. So this is why we depend on a community to work together and figure this out. A kitchenette setup, $100 to $300 for appliances, bulk food purchases, or 2 to $5 per meal. Depends on the meal, depends on so many other things. 
Utilities. It will increase the cost of utilities for churches. It will increase the cost of maintenance supplies, maybe one to 200 a month. Um, there's going to be some upfront cost to this, but the total cost per church would be about $2,000 to $5,000 um, total to make this happen. Okay, total to make this happen. That would be for about 10 people, to house 10 people for $5,000. Of course, we, we need to talk about fire safety and first aid kits. Um, those can be purchased too. We need to talk about security. I don't have all the answers today. I don't have the answers to how much it would cost to hire a security guard. I don't have the answers if some communities can actually ask um, specific law enforcement to be present or to, or to roam around as a in a place of security. What I do know is that not doing any of this is always worse. We could think of a thousand reasons why churches cannot house the poor and end homelessness. We could think of a million reasons why that's impossible. But I challenge myself and I challenge everybody else out there to always think of the alternative of not doing anything at all. What's the alternative of not doing this? Say that cots are too expensive. Say that uh, providing three meals a day is, is too difficult. Fair enough. That's fair. There's great people everywhere trying and we're doing our best. But, but then what's the alternative, right? Okay, zoning laws. Well, we, you know, we can't do that because that area of land is not designated for that. Those laws were made by humans. They can be undone by humans. They can be undone by a group of caring people who want to roll up their sleeves and make their community better. I can assure you. Look at what Airbnb did. Airbnb radically transformed the idea of our own homes. Our own homes have been repurposed as hotels and, and bed and breakfasts. Our own homes, right? So who's to say that churches cannot be repurposed in the same way? It's going to take all hands on deck approach. It's going to take all of us working hard, asking questions, rolling up our sleeves, sharing our wins and our success stories. Again, at streetstrongpodcast.gmail.com. If you're a church out there who already does this and looks like there's maybe up to 14% of you out there, um, that's incredible. We'd love to know how you do this. Um, on Skid Row, I have met some folks. Uh, on the street who are actually going to churches in LA who already do this, right? There are some churches in Los Angeles, in the Skid Row area that do this, where they wake up, they, 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 they read scripture, they have breakfast, they pray for an hour, they do a little TV movie time, they pray again, they have, uh, you know, Bible study discussion groups. Sometimes these churches house up to 50 people at a time. There's, you know, they're, it's not luxury. It's, it's, they're not the best beds. Some don't even have pillows, right? but it's better than being outdoors. It's better than being subjected to the theft and abuse and, and trauma that so many of my friends on Skid Row have been through. It's so much better. And a lot of these churches have codes of conduct, right? You can't be high when you come into the church. You've got to participate. You've got to watch after each other. There's no shenanigans allowed, no monkey business, right? No hurting each other, no stealing from each other, right? We're a community. We're all in this together. Some of these churches have showers, and they, I mean, they provide structure and stability. And I'm telling you, as somebody, I, I, I'm not going to pretend I have like an unlimited amount of knowledge about Skid Row and homelessness. Okay. I'm learning every single day. But what I can tell you is that so many of my friends desperately want a safe place to call their home at night. It helps them kind of focus on the next thing. It helps stabilize them so that they can start building communities 
and a sense of belonging, and they can start applying for jobs. It gives them enough nourishment with food and with sleep so that they have the attention and focus to apply to jobs and to get on a housing list and to link up with the social worker. You know, th this this is so important. And, and why am I talking about churches and homelessness when I'm a mental health guy? Because this is all about mental health too, right? We've got to stabilize folks for them to be able to go up that ladder, that beautiful ladder. When, when each step we climb, we get stronger and more resilient and we become more whole. That's what this is about. We can do it. We've got to do it together. We've got to um, talk to churches, call them up, roll up our sleeves, organize, ask questions, communicate with each other. Let's get this done. Please email me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, but I believe that if we have the persistence, the ambition, the organization, the heart, the love, we can make this happen. If you are homeless out there, start going to your local churches, ask these questions, attend uh, services. If you're a person of faith, if not, I, if, you know, there's, there's many different kinds of faith and there's no faith at all. And that's fine. Some people are atheists and they're homeless and that's fine. That's fine. There's no judgment. Um, but please know that regardless of your beliefs, uh, there is a very other oriented, spiritual, beautiful, um, beautiful uh, heart in the church. Um, and, and, in, and, and I don't mean just churches with this podcast, by the way, folks, I'm talking about all, all kinds of faith, all types of faith. Um, I'm focusing on churches today, but, um, you know, because that's what I'm seeing in front of me. That's kind of my area of expertise. But uh, please know that um, there are beautiful people of all faiths who are desperately trying to figure out this issue and put their heads together. So um, anyway, I am so inspired by this, um, this idea. I hope it helps uh, folks out there. Please go to those churches, ask questions, go to places of faith. And, and if nothing else, you get, you get inspiration and perspective from faith. You get a community of people to connect to. Ask them um, if they're currently, uh, you know, serving, serving homeless folks and what services they may uh, have available. Um, ask them the feasibility of using them as a shelter. And, and uh, again, you know, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Worst case scenario, they, they turn you away and say not at this time. Whatever the case, let's do this. So excited, so grateful for all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Street Strong. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with every single person you know who is struggling with homelessness. And remember that famous line from Mr. Rogers, when the day turns into night and you're way beyond my sight, I'll think of you.